0: welcome to the locked on titans podcast i am your host tyler roland Titans fans, on today's show, we are going to continue the AFC South offseason roundup. We started with the Indianapolis Colts, and now we're moving forward to the Houston Texans. First, I'm going to break down all the big moves and all the big news surrounding the Texans throughout the offseason. Then, we're going to have Cody Davis, one of the hosts of Locked On Texans, on the show to give his perspective on the Texans offseason. And then finally, I'll predict what I think happens in both of the Titans matchups against the Texans next season so recapping everything that happened with the Houston Texans over the offseason on today's edition of the Locked On Titans podcast let's get it you are Locked On Titans your daily Tennessee Titans podcast part of the Locked On Podcast Network your team every day Titans fans, we are continuing our AFC South offseason roundup series. Part two is today with the Houston Texans. If you missed yesterday's part one on the Indianapolis Colts, go back and check that out. Some great information and had a great conversation with a brand new host of Locked on Colts. But today is all about the Texans. We're going to go over all of their big moves, including trading away Deshaun Watson, which looks like. An excellent trade for the Texans right now. Before we get into their transactions, though, do want to thank you guys for making the Locked On Titans podcast your first listen every day. If this is your first ever listen to the Locked On Titans podcast, make sure you subscribe on whatever platform you do stream. I am going to be putting out daily Tennessee Titans content all year round on all platforms and all ways free that includes the Locked on Titans YouTube channel so make sure that you subscribe there smash the notification bell so you know when the content goes live and please throw a thumbs up on the video if you're watching on YouTube right now I do appreciate the support it makes a big difference but with all that being said let's get into what happened with the Houston Texans and of course as I kind of teased earlier we have to start with the trade of Deshaun Watson so it was a saga that hung like a dark cloud over the Texans organization all last year. They're still involved in it, of course, so uh, still a little bit of a problem for the Texans, which it should be considering what we know about their involvement with the Deshaun Watson situation, given non-disclosure agreements out for people. and I mean, it's just dirty business, in my opinion. So uh, that, that dark cloud isn't gone from the Texans, but Deshaun Watson was a big piece of that, and now he is with the Cleveland Browns. And he's their problem. And it looks like a big problem for Cleveland. And in return, the Texans really got a huge hole. I mean, they got the 13th pick in the draft, uh, which they moved down, got some more picks with that. They also got a first round pick in 2023 and 2024. They got a fourth round pick in 2022 in this year's draft. They got a third round pick in next year's draft in 2023 and a bonus additional fourth round pick in 2024, so not only did they get Deshaun Watson off of their roster, move that drama to a different team, they also got a huge return on the trade, so that's the big move there and then, they had some issues with the head coaching situation as well, it looked like the Texans were set up to hire Brian Flores, but then Flores filed suit against the NFL for racial discrimination in the hiring process and when he was a coach at Miami the Texans, because of that in my opinion, were told by the NFL that they can't hire Brian Flores. And in return, they hire their defensive coordinator from last year, Lovey Smith, after they can uh, their coach, David Culley, who was just a sacrificial lamb from last season. But at the end of the day, Deshaun Watson is gone. Lovey Smith is the head coach. That's the biggest moves that the Texans made. They also made some other smaller moves to the roster. They brought in some free agents like running back Marlon Mack, cornerback Stephen Nelson, edge rushers Jerry Hughes and Mario Addison. They brought back Desmond King and Justin Britt. So they, they made some small adjustments to their roster with veterans, but that makes sense. I don't think Houston should be spending a bunch of money on free agents right now anyways as they try to rebuild their roster from what Bill O'Brien did to it as the general manager when he was wearing both caps. But just a low-key free agency period, For Houston, didn't do anything too dramatic. They did give Brandon Cooks a big extension, but that makes sense. He's been a solid player and an underrated player, in my opinion, for a long time. But the big transactions and the big roster changes that were made for the Texans came in the NFL draft. They have the third pick. The Texans finally have one of their picks. And they take Derek Stingley Jr., the talented cornerback, out of LSU at number 3. Then, with that second first-round pick that they got from the Browns, they move down from 13 to 15, and they pick up Kenyon Green. The interior offensive lineman Titans fans should remember a lot about Kenyon Green with how linked to the Titans he was and how a lot of people in the fan base thought that would be who the Titans ended up with in the draft. I thought so as well, but Kenyon Green goes nearly 10 picks higher To the Texans, they add safety from Baylor. Jalen Petrie, who I'm a big fan of. A guy who could play that slot cornerback role. Also do some safety things. Kind of a star defender like Jalen Ramsey's doing for the Rams. Or like a guy like Theo Jackson for the Titans did in college in Tennessee. He can kind of give you that skill set. John Mechie, the talented but injured during the pre-draft process. Wide receiver out of Alabama. Linebacker Christian Harris out of Alabama. Running back Damian Pierce out of Florida. That is a very... Very good first six players. In my opinion, a very good draft class right there. They also added defensive tackle uh, Thomas Brooks. They added Tegan uh, uh, Quintoriano, Quintoriano, the tight end. Thank you. And Austin Deculus, the offensive tackle out of Alabama as well. So, uh, uh, a nice draft class in my opinion. The Texans right now need to focus on just building up their roster. They don't need to focus on competing right now. So, Despite the drama with Watson and the drama with the head coaching situation, I think for the Texans, a really nice draft class, and they're going to need their next few draft classes with all that extra capital they got from the Browns. They're really going to need to hit on the next two or three draft classes if they want to revamp this franchise and get back to being a contender. But I don't see that coming this year. Does Cody Davis, one of the hosts of Locked On Texans, see that coming? this year we're going to talk to him about that before we do though I do want to tell you guys about betonline.net your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info you can find all the latest sports developments league reviews and news including information on this year's NHL playoffs the major league baseball regular season they have boxing they have UFC they have MMA they have golf they have horse racing heck they even have your favorite Vegas casino games BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information. They also have live betting, esports, and much, much more. Make sure you go to their website today, BetOnline.net, or use your mobile device to learn more about all the trends and all the action. BetOnline, where the game starts. And I'm excited. This is like my favorite segment of this entire week of shows. We are doing our AFC off-season roundup, AFC South, of course, and I'm very excited to bring on one of the hosts of Locked On Texans, Cody Davis, my man, uh, covering everything Houston down there. Got you on the Rockets or whatever you need. Uh, excellent Uh, sports coverage, no matter what sport you're talking about. And that's uh, the kind of versatility that I really appreciate. So, Cody, thanks for coming on. John is uh, enjoying life right now. He's (laughs) in the middle of some big life events. Uh, What's going on with uh, the other host of Locked on Texans, John Hickman?
1: Yeah, man. You know, today's actually his birthday. So not only did he just get married, but he's out there living it up with his new wife, Shakivia, and he's celebrating his 30th birthday. So, you know, I just decided to let my boy just enjoy his time. He will be back, of course. But I was like, John, go (laughs) ahead. I'll take care of Tyler. You go ahead and enjoy your birthday. Enjoy your new wife, man.
0: (laughs) Yeah, awesome. Well, I appreciate you for coming on, but I did want to mention that up front because Congrats to uh, Mr. and Mrs. Hickman. Uh, Excellent news. And then happy birthday to John as well. But we got some Houston Texans to dive into. Before we do, I do want to thank you guys for making the Locked On Titans podcast your first listen or the Locked On Texans podcast your first listen every day. Make sure you subscribe on whatever platform, free and available, your team every day. But Cody, I guess I just wanted to give you a blank slate here and get your general Mm. thoughts on what the Texans have done throughout this offseason. Coming off of last year, where I think that there were some nice moments for the Texans personally. I don't know. I'm a little higher on the Texans than, than some people, but I thought we saw some nice things. What are your thoughts on what they've done to build on that going into 2022 with their off season so far?
1: I love it. I love it. It's almost, almost everything outside of improving a defensive end. The Houston Texans, Nick Osirio, did an awesome job. First and foremost, mm-hmm. you got to take a look at the coach. Now, Understand there might have been some there might have been a lawsuit that kind of forced the Houston Texans to make the hire of Lovey Smith. However The Lovey Smith hire just bought a sense of stability to this organization. And Tyler, Mm -hmm. you know, you've, you've been talking to me for what going on three years now. And it just seemed like the first two years with this organization, rather it was the trade of D hop rather. It was the nonsense going on with the Sean Watson, you know, people blaming Jack Easter being ownership for, you know, then there was the David Cully experiment last year that everyone knew was just a complete mess when they hired Lovey Smith, it brought a sense of stability and peace to this organization for the very first time. And you're talking about somebody who been around that organization during rookie training camp, voluntary OTAs in, in, in many mandatory mini camp. It wasn't a circus to be around the Texans. You just go there. You see Mm -hmm. the young talent that they got, the promising talent that they got. It doesn't matter if you're talking about Derrick Stenley. It doesn't matter if you're talking about Davis Mills or whatever the case might be. They look like a legitimate organization that is on a come up. So that's the first thing that they did. They went out and got a really good coach. The draft. It doesn't matter if it's Derek Stanley or Damian Pierce. They went out and put together yeah. one of the best draft classes, not just yeah. in the NFL for this season, but me and John talked about this a lot here on Locked on Texans to where we would not be surprised in the next four to five years we're sitting here talking about this being the best draft class that the Houston Texans ever had. And they went out there, they improved the secondary, they improved the backfield, Um, even though he's hurt at the moment. John Mechie, I do believe he has the yeah. opportunity to take the helm as this team's number one wide receiver probably in the next two years or so. Because even if he comes back this year, not expecting much from him because, you know, that one year coming off the injury is always like a yeah. rehab type. Of season yep. but you know the rookie class that they got even the veterans that they brought in like marlon Mack. the veterans that they mm-hmm. was able to retain like brandon cooks like like um um laramie Tunsil. like yeah it just seems like this organization from all the pieces that they brought in through the coaching staff departed from tim kelly um elevating pep hamilton to offensive coordinator it just seems like there is a, a sense of stability peace and promise surrounding this organization. And I I know it's early, and I know, you know, we we are long away from of the course, start of the of 2022 course. season, but and of course, departing for Deshaun Watson, you know, we say that's Cleveland' problem now. But <laughs> right, if you just take a look at all the moves that this organization, led by Nick Casario, of course, later on led by Lovey Smith, it just seems you just don't understand. It's like a new day with this organization, where it's like, you know what? Things might not be so good. Like the record might not look so good again in 2022. But at the same time, right. it's promised that you can say, you know what, we can build on a lot of
0: these things that we're going to see for this upcoming season. Well, I, I think that one thing that I want to point out, and anyone who checked out yesterday's show talking about the Indianapolis Colts with the with the hosts from Indy, Zach, and Jake, uh, I think the the quality of content here on the locked on network hmm. is just so high that I don't even have to Get into this big preamble to explain the next question because you just lead me (laughs) so perfectly into my next question. It's just absolutely fantastic the segues that are being made here. But you talk about how it doesn't have to be this great record change to have a good season in Houston. It's more about promise and progress. Mm -hmm. What, I guess, when you see what this team's done so far, obviously you're high on what's going on in the building early. What do you think a good season? if the season kind of realistically turns out as good as possible for Houston what does that look like what does that progress and that promise look like in your eyes for this team um it
1: a lot of different ways first and foremost even though you know Nick Caserio had a terrible hand going into the 2021 draft yeah yeah i think he came out with a damn good uh, like a extremely g- great uh, just a great talent all around In terms of what promise looked like for this organization in 2022, I would say to continue seeing development and promise, especially out of last year's draft class. You're looking at Davis Mills. You're looking at um, Nico Collins. You're looking at Roy Lopez. Those are the three guys. and Even even, um, Brevin Jordan, the tight end as well. Mm -hmm. You look at those four guys, especially Davis Mills, if those guys can continue to develop and showcase the promise that we've seen throughout their rookie season, but of course taking an additional step, then I would say parts of the 2022 season is a success. Of course, when you take a look at this year's draft class in terms of Derek Stingley, in terms of, of Petrie, if they could come in and contribute right away or, and, and I know they're rookies, sometimes it takes rookies sometimes to get accustomed to the right. NFL, but Let's say midway through the regular season, if we can say Derek Stanley and Jalen Petrie and Damian Pierce and and you know John Metchie to a certain extent, if the rookies that they were able to pick up in the 2022 NFL draft at some point throughout midseason, we can say they have elevated the Texans' on-field production in the secondary or in the backfield or with the wide receiving core. That is another way I can actually view success for this organization in 2022. I'm not about to sit here and say that the Texans, even though there's a lot of promise and hope that they could actually right. compete for the playoffs. I would love it, but it's not it's not realistic. But at the same time, if this if this young team can just continue to develop and let's just say stay in a handful of games, stay in a lot more games than what we saw last year cuz there were some games where it was like, soon as they started, they was already down by like 21 right, points. Right. And, you know, it was a slug fish, You know, they lost 40 to nothing to Buffalo. Even though right. the, the, the ending score to the loss against the Los Angeles Rams, I think was like 41 to 21. They was down by 40 nothing going into the fourth quarter, I believe. Right. So, But if they are in games going into the fourth quarter, even if they don't pull out a victory, but you lose by a touchdown or by three points or whatever the case might be, that is success for the Houston Texans for this upcoming season because it's almost like the Rockets to a certain degree. The team that's in a very similar situation to where, yes, we want to see this team win and compete. But at the same time, we know at the end of the day, both of these organizations, of course, for this show, we're sticking things to the Texans. Development is the most important attribute for that organization. And if these yeah. players continue to develop and compete, that's success for the Houston Texans in 2022.
0: Absolutely, man. It's funny that I bring you on and I give you praise for the cross sport coverage <laughs> that you're putting out there. It's and and by the fitting. way, by the way,
1: I just finished doing a rocket podcast
0: before I jumped on this one as well.
1: <laughs> there you
0: go. There you go. So that that cross sport coverage that you're known for uh flexing that muscle a little bit before <laughs> before we head off here, I I do just want to say and want to give you credit here. We got Big Wig Coming on the show, Tony Wiggins from Locked On Jags on the next show that we dropped. And our little division preview. Oh my God. Wiggins took you guys to tax, said that the Jags would definitely be better. The Texans might go 0-17. Read you the Riot Act. And you said the Texans have probably win about five games better than the Jags. And who was right? Mr. Cody davis the Texans won four games but that's a lot closer to five than it is to zero i love Jackson, that four course. by the way <laughs> only one three so a great call there great coverage nonstop. check out locked on texans for your daily locked on texans coverage cody thank you so much for coming on and in our next segment we are going to be talking about the two matchups the titans will have against the texans i'll be giving you guys my predictions on how those two games will play out thank you so much for coming on cody Titans fans, we are going to cap off today's roundup and recap of the Houston Texans offseason by going over my prediction for what will happen in the two games that the Titans have against the Houston Texans this year. Before we do that, I want to thank you guys again for making the Locked On Titans podcast your first listen every day. Make sure you subscribe on whatever platform you do stream. Uh, We're a couple weeks removed from getting back into five episodes per week as we head towards training camp which kicks off on July the 26th. Guys, the football season is right around the corner, and you don't want to miss any of the Monday through Friday free Tennessee Titans content that I will be putting out throughout the entire season, the all season all of that and more. So make sure you subscribe to the Locked on Titans podcast on whatever platform you do stream. But moving forward here, let's talk about these games that the Titans have against the Texans. Well, first, a little, Just a little more promo, guys. Just want to let you know I'm going to cap off the entire week of shows on Wednesday night on YouTube, Thursday morning for the podcast crowd. I'm going to be talking Jacksonville Jaguars with Tony Wiggins. Can't wait to do that. But look at these games against the Texans. First, on October 30th, the Titans will play at Houston in Week 8. This is an important game. I mean, this is an important game. I think it's a must win. It's an absolute must-win. If the Titans want to win the division, if the Titans want to go to the playoffs, they need to beat Houston twice, especially looking at where this game is placed. So it's Week 8. But look at the games before that. Week 4, away against Indy. Week 5, away against Washington. Week 7, home against Indy with the Week 6 bye. That's a big stretch. Three division games. Within a four game stretch, five weeks total. The Titans have to win three of those four games. They have to beat Washington. They have to win one of those games against Indy. They have to split that season series. And they're going to need to beat Houston. Because when you look at what comes next Chiefs, Broncos, Packers, Bengals. I mean, Look at that stretch of games and think about how important that matchup against Houston is going to be. It is a must win. They have to win that game. You can't lose to the Texans and then go into Chiefs, Broncos, Packers, Bengals. Especially coming off of two games against Indy in a month. And already having your bye week. I mean, that is a monster, monster game for the Titans. And of course, At home, week 16, Christmas Eve. I think it's funny that the Titans play uh, the Texans on the eve of major American holidays uh, in both their games. I don't know why I find that interesting. Doesn't really seem very interesting. But hey, these are the things that get me going. But week 16, Christmas Eve, Houston Texans at home in Tennessee. That game is sandwiched in between two really tough situations which makes it so, so vitally important. On top of being a division game at home anyways against a team that you should beat. The Titans have to go their longest trip of the year across the country to play the Chargers in Los Angeles in week 15, come all the way back, and then play the Texans. So, heavy travel the week before. And then, the week after, a short week at home in primetime on Thursday night football against the Dallas Cowboys, who are a pretty good football team. Plus, it's at the end of the season in the final few weeks of the year, which means every loss and every win will be critical in the playoff race. I mean, really, there's no way around it. The Titans have to beat the Texans both times. They have to. One of the big things that the Titans have going for them an advantage for them as a team is that they play in the AFC South. And that means you got to beat Jacksonville and you got to beat Houston. You got to, especially considering the Titans' schedule being harder. My opinion, the team being a touch worse. You have to win these games. You can't have the kind of A.J. Brown's not going to save you against San Francisco. A.J. Brown's not going to save you against Houston this year. So you can't afford to lose those games like they did against the Jets and the Texans last year. Period. That's how I see it. So, for me, the Titans will win both of these games, and they need to win both of these games. But that's going to do it for me today. I'm going to be back with you guys on Wednesday night, YouTube, Thursday morning for the podcast, breaking down the Jacksonville Jaguars. We're going to go over all their all-season moves, which, boy, there are a lot to talk about. We're going to talk to Tony Wiggins, the OG of the Locked On Podcast Network, one of my favorites people to talk to uh, in the entire network and on the planet, really. Tony is an awesome guy. Uh, Can't wait to get his thoughts on the Jags, and then, of course, I'll be predicting the Titans matchups, and I might might have a surprise for you guys on that note. But that's going to do it for me today, folks. As always, I am your host, Tyler Rowland, and this was Locked on Titans.